0: What is going on, everybody? It is the Gate Four Podcast. It's Luke Owens. It's Corey Austin, and Corey, we finally made it. Opening week is here. Opening day was supposed to be tomorrow. Uh, recording this Wednesday, it was supposed to be Thursday, but it's pushed back to Friday, which is unfortunate. But at least we know, you know, at least we didn't have to go through into Thursday yep. not knowing. Have a downpour. Have Garrett Cole not be able to pitch because he had to warm up and sit, then warm up and sit. Uh, opening day is going to be Friday, but the good news is we will have baseball. We will have Yankees baseball this weekend.
1: Oh, yeah. The only problem is, is you know my opinion on day games. I am so mad that opening day is now a Friday day game.
0: I I do agree with you there. I I don't mind the Thursday day game, but something about the Friday day game just doesn't (sighs) sit right with me. Especially against the Red Sox. Yeah, Friday night against the Red Sox would make a lot more sense. You're not playing Uh, Baltimore. Like, Come on now.
1: Yeah, it's just uh, so frustrating.
0: But, you know, the day game to open up on a Thursday, that's, you know, it's kind of the tradition. Baseball, yep. there's going to be games all day. Yankees Red Sox was going to be game one. So it's kind of understandable. But now, oh, yeah. you know, there's going to be a full slate of games on Thursday. Well, somewhat full. They've had two games canceled already. But, you know, Friday was going to be the day where you could play that night game. But uh, apparently not. We're going to play a day game Friday. Then we're going to have a four o'clock game Saturday. Corey, what's your opinion on a, on a four o'clock game?
1: four o'clock is better. Four o'clock is better. I just there's just so, night games in baseball just have such a different vibe than day games to me. And it's not like Masahiro is still on the mound, so we don't need the day games for him to pitch well. True, sure. but it just night games just have such a different vibe. Four four o'clock games are better. People are starting to get home from work. A lot of people are cracking open beers, but it's just, it it still doesn't replicate the feeling of a night game.
0: Yeah, it's definitely weird that the first night game is going to be on a Sunday. Yeah, um, but, but that's what we're doing. We're, we're rocking with it. We're going to have baseball. And that means this is, of course, uh, kind of our season preview show. You know, we're going to yes, talk sir. about expectations. We're going to talk about, you know, uh, I, I had a tweet yesterday. You know, who's your MVP, your most improved, your unsung Hero, your Cy Young? Uh, Corey hates me, so he didn't quote tweet it or anything. He didn't even interact with the tweet. <laughs> so we'll get his answers live on the podcast. But uh, let's start here. Let's, start, let's talk some roster, Corey, because the Yankees – of course, have uh, finalized their 28-man roster. Every team will have 28 players to start the year. That'll be cut down to 26 at the end of April. That is to account for uh, the spring training uh, season being a little bit shorter. And not surprising, Yankees are going to go pitcher-heavy. They're going to carry uh, 16 pitchers, 12 position players on their roster. Uh, among the pitchers that were kind of on the borderline to make the team, Clark Schmidt, J.P. Sears, and uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to butcher this, Ron Marine Cio, <laughs> uh, that that's tough. I'd like to apologize to him. A uh, hard throwing right-hander, 26 years old, touching hundred miles per hour. A really nice change up seems to fit the profile with the Yankees like, but Corey, you, uh, are you surprised the Yankees are going with uh, a kind of a short bench and uh, a big bullpen to start the year?
1: Not at all. Yankees throughout the years. One thing every Yankee fan knows is how much the Yankees love to use their bullpen. Um, so it doesn't surprise me at all. I think, so it actually with Boone the other day they on the broadcast he was talking they asked him about you know pitcher counts to start the year and everything. <clears throat> he said the first rotation, maybe the first two rotations, the starters won't throw as many pitches. Uh, because they had a shorter spring. Like, you, won't, you don't want Garrett Cole coming out and throwing 110 pitches in the first start, considering I think his most he threw in his training was about 60. He said most of the rotation is going to be looking at about 75, 80 pitches in the first start, and then hopefully in the second start, they'll be able to go full se- se- uh, the entire game. Well, not the entire game. They'll be able to go full, pa- uh, full start, but... So it doesn't make it, it doesn't surprise me at all. Um, bringing the extra relievers that way, Chapman, Lois, green and Holmes don't have to throw 25 innings each in the first two weeks. So it doesn't surprise me at all.
0: No, me either. And you know, it they're definitely gonna need it now, especially with the rain out because you know, usually you can kind of almost run a four man rotation to start the year because you had that day off, but without the day off, the Yankees are gonna be playing. Uh, let's see, 10 games in a row to start the year. So they're not going to have uh, a day off mixed in there. So they're going to need all hands on deck. So it makes a lot of sense. When you have the two extra roster spots for the month, it, it makes a lot more sense to use them on pitchers. And, you know, the bench is going to be short. You have Miguel Andujar and Duhar and Tim Lacastro going down to AAA. And Marwin Gonzalez, who would have thought a late signing to AAA will make the team super utility guy. Uh, the bat hasn't quite been there since – Uh, I think his best year was actually when the Astros were like prime cheating, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Um, But he's shown some flash with the bat in spring training. Not that that means much, but uh, I guess the Yankees really like him as a a super utility guy to have on the bench.
1: Yeah, he's always been more of a defensive player. um, Although I'm actually looking at his fan graphs, and his defensive ratings are not that great. But he can play at average position. He can play an average fielder at like three or four positions, which is really all you need. The Yankees didn't bring him over for defense or for offense. Um, They've. One thing I've noticed, and I'm sure you've noticed this too, is this offseason they kind of went for a lot more defense in some of their acquisitions, which I am all for. I love that. He's a switch hitter, which has definitely helped – uh, give the Yankees a little bit of balance in that lineup. But yeah, 2017, he had a 144-weighted runs, created plus prime cheating Astros. Yeah, that's, uh,
0: that's wild. If you look at his fan graphs, <laughs> WRC Plus, <laughs> there's a number that sticks out a little bit. It happened, yeah. to, it happened to coincide with the year the Astros won the World Series. Yep.
1: Lowest. <laughs> If we're excluding the first couple of years of his career when he wasn't a regular player, second lowest K percentage of his career, highest walk percentage of his career, highest Woba, highest WRC+, highest batting average, highest WP, highest slugging, highest <laughs> worry,
0: just If you need uh, uh, <laughs> proof that the Astros are cheating, just look at Marlon Gonzalez's <laughs> 2017 season. That's most guys,
1: most home runs, most uh, run, uh, stolen bases. <laughs> Actually, no, second most stolen bases. But yeah, so he was pretty much a product of the Astros cheating scandal, which Yankees aren't signing him, expecting him to be a 144 way to run straight up bad. If he, a, if he can push 100 WRC+, plus and play good defense at first, second, short, and third, then that's all the Yankees need from him. He's not. He, this isn't one of those signings that Yankee fans expect him to bring in, and it's a dude who all of a sudden becomes a superstar. That's not why he's here. Not every player on the roster is going to be a superstar,
0: and that's okay are you surprised at all that they go with you know gonzalez over a traditional i mean for the yankees it's the fifth outfielder but it's kind of a it's obviously a, a weird outfield situation because it's going to be you expect you know judge is going to be there every you know mostly every day gallo is mm-hmm. going to be there every day and then stanton and hicks will see how they maneuver you know is hicks going to start on the mm-hmm. bench is he going to start in center is standing in your dh but you know After those guys, you know, Marlon Gonzalez is your next outfielder. Are are you surprised at all the Yankees didn't end up going with, you know, Lacastro just to have a a more traditional outfielder on the bench?
1: Yeah, it was really surprising to me when Lacastro got uh, option down. I think that having DJ LeMayhew come off the bench, uh, and when I say come off the bench, I mean in in air quotes, because LeMayhew is going to be a starter who starts at a different position every day, but he's technically coming off the bench because he probably won't be in the opening day lineup, barring injury um it i think him being in that role kind of threw a wrinkle into the rest of the uh, uh roster construction um because like you said stanton's gonna play the outfield judge is gonna play center field and hicks is gonna take days off and besides we probably have only 20 games until hicks goes on the uh i i always forget what it is the il um for th- three months so i think the yankees are doing this roster construction for the month of april and then once it shrinks down to 26 they're going to kind of change it up a little bit based on injury because somebody's going to get hurt somebody's going to be underperforming somebody's going to be overperforming there's going to be a lot of things to see a month into the season and i think that come may when they have to cut two players at the minimum or uh, cut two players i think some things are going to change
0: yeah i agree i mean certainly the bullpen is going to get shortened mm-hmm. uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Marlon Gonzalez isn't on the Yankees come the end of May. Like I, yep. that wouldn't surprise me either. It could just be a, a plug and play. You know, Lacastro is also still kind of recovering from his ACL injury. Um, he's not much of that a bat either, but he gives you some speed and, and defense. So, uh, I had I had my other show yesterday, and my co-host said, uh, "How long till the Yankees uh, bring back Brett Gardner?" And I said, "Hopefully never." But you know, if Hicks goes on the, <laughs> the IL, I wouldn't be surprised if. If Brett gets the first phone call.
1: Oh, 100%. Brett, if the Yankees need a random player or an outfielder, Brett Gardner will be the first phone call, which is fine, but it's not like we're going to get an injury and the Yankees go out and trade for somebody and send prospects. They're going to call Brett Gardner and say, hey, you still able to run and catch the ball. He'll say, yeah, and he'll be uh, be on the first plane out for $2 million. Exactly.
0: And speaking of uh, former Yankees, uh, Greg Bird, Corey, He's back, Yankees. Yes, sir. Triple A Scranton, <laughs> Wilkes-Barre <laughs> Rail Riders. Uh, look, I. You know, you never know. That I'll say that. I'll say that. So what, Greg, what? say you, Corey? I was everyone was tagging you. Bird,
1: the Greg Bird. Revenge Tour starts now. He is. I, I look. Obviously, I don't actually think that it's Greg Bird. It's been a joke for years that I've loved Greg Bird. I st- will always love Greg Bird. I really thought he was going to be good. It's just one of those moves where it makes no. It has no effect on the Yankees. It's not like they have a star pros- a star first base prospect in AAA. Uh, the odd- the chances of Greg Bird actually even playing for the Yankees this season are so low between Gonzalez, between Delmayu, between Rizzo. Uh, between Andujar, there, there's just such a low chance of him actually playing for the Yankees. But it's fun, you know? Like it's, it's just a fun thing to bring back, at least for me. Everybody else hates him, but I'm happy about it.
0: I saw one of the Yankees writers, and it was a kind of a fringe guy. It wasn't a hoke. It wasn't a, a, Sweetie Murdy, uh, a Sweeney Murdy. It was kind of a fringe guy. I forget who it was, but he said 70% chance Greg Bird has at least one major league at bat this year. And I i don't, I would not say 70%. I would take, I would take the 30% on that bet.
1: Yeah, I would definitely take the, uh, I would take the 30% with you on there too. He may come up for one game. Yankees, you know, Rizzo tweaks his uh, hamstring. Lemay, Hugh uh, tweaks his wrist, something where they need him for one game. That could happen. It might happen, but the odds of him getting anything more than one game or two games at the Yankees is just so, so slim.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's going to happen. But you never know. Injuries you do happen know. every year. I mean, Rizzo's a pretty durable guy, but you never know. <laughs> um, uh, but we'll move on. Uh, you know, I talked at the beginning of the show. I had that tweet yesterday, you know, asking people, who's your MVP, your most improved, your unsung hero, your Cy Young, and also uh, where you think the team's going to go. So I think that's a pretty interesting way to, mm-hmm. to kind of break down the episode and my MVP is a very basic pick. I picked Aaron judge uh, <laughs> hot take: I think he's going to have a great year, but also you have this contract situation kind of looming over his head where uh, Carlos Beltran on the yes network the other day in his first broadcast accidentally said, uh, we're happy that judge is going to be around uh, for, for many years to come. Then he corrected himself and said, Oh, I'm saying I hope he's around for mm-hmm. many years to come. I have a sneaking suspicion we're going to see an Aaron judge opening day, or maybe they even do it tomorrow because that was supposed to be opening day press conference. I think they're going to say, yep, we've got judge locked up seven years, whatever it may be. But I would be surprised if uh, he's not locked up at the beginning of the year.
1: I would be too. This is one of those moves where it just seems like a no brainer for the Yankees. I mean, it's, it's Aaron judge. He's one of the best players in baseball. He's been one of the best players in baseball. The health is always going to be a question, but that's how it is with most players in the MLB. I, I agree. They need to lock something up. I felt bad for Beltron. His first broadcast, he has this issue, and now it's uh, fans on Twitter freaked out. And I really felt bad for him because you've been on air, I've been on air. You you, you stumble on your words sometimes. It happens. It's terrifying.
0: It does. You're right. And I know you know Beltron. I think he's gonna be really solid in the broadcasting booth. But yeah, it's. You know your first go around. You're a little nervous. Things like yeah. that. Um, and Michael Kay was saying like he hasn't heard anything about it. So I I don't know if Beltran would be the first. I know him and Brian Cashman are, are fairly close, but I don't think Beltran would be on the short list of people that would know about something that big. But um, it's certainly interesting. But uh, Corey, I'm not going to let you take Aaron Judge. You have to take someone else to be your MVP because you were you Ooh. were a non participant in Twitter in the Twitter game. So <laughs> you cannot take. Aaron Judge <laughs> to be your team MVP. Yeah,
1: I, I was not on Twitter yesterday. Yesterday was uh, no social media day for me. Um, ooh, team MVP, not Aaron Judge. I am gonna go. Uh, man, you're really killing me right now. I'm gonna go with John Car- either John Carlos Stanton or Joey Gallo. Okay. Gallo. See, I,
0: I think you can save Gallo for most improved because I thought he was gonna be your pick because I know you you think Gallo's gonna have a nice bounce back.
1: I actually have a spicy pick for most improved. Oh, so I'm okay. Gonna, Never mind. I actually no. have All a spicy right, pick for on. most improved. Um,
0: but I think, I think Joey
1: Gallo, I don't know about team MVP or maybe you can kind of go like a hybrid MVP slash on song for Joey Gallo for me. I think the two best players in the roster are, are going to be Cole and, Sta- uh, Cole, excuse me, Judge and Stanton. So my easy pick would be Stanton. I just think Gallo is going to show everybody why the Yankees traded him for him this year. It's not easy to move from a team like the Rangers to all of a sudden being in the middle of a uh, division race in the in New York. It's just not easy for a player. And Joey Gallo throughout his entire career has been one of the streakiest players in baseball. And unfortunately, I think we just caught him at a bad part of his uh, season. He still walked a ton. He still played great defense in the outfield. The strikeouts were ridiculous. Even I don't care about strikeouts. Even I'll say he struck out a little bit too much. He wasn't making great contact, but I think that now that he's had the off and he's had a year or he's had some time to get used to being in New York and get used to all this, I think we're gonna see. I think we're gonna have a good year from him. I think it's. I think he's gonna be one of the team MVPs this year.
0: Yeah, I like that pick. Um, yeah, Gallo's. I'm with you on Gallo. I think he's gonna have a good bounce back. Um, but some of his play down the stretch at the plate was was worse than even expected. I think. Mm. Like down the stretch, he was he was really bad. Like there were points yeah. where. He wasn't even really hitting home runs. He wasn't walking as much, it felt like. So that, like, if he's going to hit home runs and walk, he's always going to play elite defense. Like, I'm very happy with him to just do that because the Yankees have enough guys in their lineup that, you know, now at this point can get on base or, you know, hit the single. like, DJ, I think, is going to have a better year. Uh, You know, Mm. adding Donaldson, Icaf. Like, if you want dudes that are going to get on base, um, I think the Yankees have them. Not that Joey Gallo doesn't, but I'm saying, like, their traditional DJ Lemayhu like opposite field single. If you want to see that, you're gonna have that. But I think the power numbers gonna be are gonna be there for Gallo. And I want this is kind of a, a bigger picture idea, but I wonder how Gallo's contract is gonna look next year. Um, I don't know if he's gonna re-sign with the Yankees or what. But with the shift being banned, I mean, he yeah. I don't know, that's his his value is gonna go up even though his numbers this year. Who knows? Maybe he only hits 200 again. But I mean, with the shift being banned, he's pretty much number one player i can think of that's going to benefit the most at the plate
1: yeah if i'm gallo i am super pissed off that that change isn't going into effect yeah, for 2022 i know that's the
0: only issue that's not in this contract here
1: without the shift joey gallo could hit like because he rockets the ball he hit he is hits the ball so hard he when he makes contact he puts it in good spots they just shift on him so much that if there's no longer a the sec, uh the second baseman in shallow right field and still two players in the infield Without that, he's gonna hit two. He could hit two seventy, two eighty, which would then propel his OBP to almost four hundred, and in turn help his uh, slugging percentage go up and everything else go up. He, if I'm a team, I am gonna be so intrigued by Joey Gallo come twenty twenty
0: three. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. So uh, you'll, you'll, I'll give you, yeah, I'll give you Gallo for MVP. But you know, like you said, you said Judge is gonna be the two best, but I want to do that. Yeah. I'm intrigued though. Who is your uh, your most improved when you're talking about a little a little bit of a spicy pick?
1: I am going to go with Aaron Hicks. Wow! I think this is my last time I'm ever going to say this. If Hicks sucks again this year, I am out for good. Yeah, this is it. <laughs> this is his last. This is his absolute last chance with me. But between the defense, the uh, relatively decent speed for his size, the eye, the power he can have. If he can have one, and I also think it's going to help him having giving him days off to start the year, putting Stanton in right and Judge in center, even Gallo in center if we need to, and Stanton left. I really think that this could be the year that Hicks stays healthy if he gets enough off days and gets enough days, you know, to get his body going and ready. I really think this could be the year he finally puts everything together. I really think we could be looking at a three-win, a uh, three-win center fielder. I think I think he's going to be the most improved.
0: I like that. That is a that's a spicy pick. Spicy uh, pick. Look, I mean, when he's healthy, he's he's really solid. But yep. you know, will the health be there? That's gonna be the question. Now, I'm, I'm taking a guy that you know maybe most improved isn't the right word for him because he wasn't you know bad last year. But I'm I'm I think Josh Johnson's gonna have a big year. I mean, okay, when you look at, you know, you can't be the guy that goes to baseball savant and is like, oh, look at the look at the sliders. But if you do that with Josh Johnson, it's pretty darn impressive. Like he's oh still, yeah hits the ball extremely hard. You know, he, he gets good barrel. Uh, his XWOBA is, is off the charts. Like he is the guy that all those numbers are looking good. And it's not like he had a bad year last year, 26 home runs. And I, I don't know. I just think he's going to impress a lot of Yankees fans more than they're expecting. Because I think Yankees fans saw the trade and they're like, oh my gosh, $25 million for a 36 year old Josh Donaldson." But I really think he's going to have an impressive year. I mean, yeah, he hit 247 last year, and you can't really expect him to maybe hit more than like 250, 255. But I think he's going to have a really impressive year. And I don't know, the defensive numbers last year were really bad. I'm not sure exactly what happened there, but throughout his career, he's, he's been pretty solid over at third. So I'm I'm going to say Josh Donaldson is going to have a big year.
1: I'm with you on that. So looking at his defensive numbers, he actually put up one DRS in uh, 760 innings for the Twins last year at third base. Um, I don't know if it's his arm that has the rest of his numbers looking terribly, because I remember he had the shoulder injury a couple of seasons ago, and he yeah, like just could couldn't throw the ball to first. Um, hopefully, the further away from that injury he gets, the more strength he gets. He is 36, so I'm saying I'm holding my breath on that a little bit. But Gio, I loved Gio Rochella. I was so heartbroken when the Yankees traded him. But it's not like they're going from Gio Rochella to Rugneto Odor at third base, or they're not going from Gleyber Torres like to Glaber Torres level defense at third base Josh Donaldson's still a solid enough defender at third to make it work. And that's if he plays every day. I'm sure he's gonna need days off to DH and then IKF or DJ play third, um, or Marwin or whoever plays third. But I agree I'm with you on Donaldson, and I've actually he's been leading off a lot. How do you feel about the leading off?
0: Yeah, that that's my next thing I was gonna bring up because it's weird. The Yankees seem to really like leading him off in spring. That usually puts DJ around like the the sixth spot, sometimes the the fifth spot um i know last year they they tinkered around you know rizzo let off the wild card game so it, it's it's interesting i'll say that but the yankees do now you know i know obviously strikeouts aren't a big thing but you can see the yankees strike out like six times to start the game which would be an interesting look um but i'm cool with dj <laughs> being lower in the lineup but i think if dj's having a great year i like him i like him to slot back in the leadoff spot oh yeah
1: if DJ comes out and he's hitting like he did in 2019 and 20, then absolutely slide him back up to the leadoff spot. But if he comes back, I don't think DJ LeMay, he was going to be as good as he was in 2019 or 20 again, but I don't think he's going to be as bad as he was in 2021. I think he was injured in 2021. And now that he's healthy, we're going to see, cause he still has a set. He was still making contact. He was still taking pitches. He just wasn't getting the results and a play and a hitter of his caliber. There's going to be years where he just doesn't get the results. I think we're going to see a good, happy medium. And if that's the case, that's all we need from him to just be a decent hitter. Then you slide him right back up to the leadoff spot, let Donaldson go down to fifth or sixth, and really give Gallo, Stanton, Judge, and everybody else really good protection.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, to be completely honest, the one through seven in this lineup, you can mix it however you want, and I think it's going to lead to pretty good results. I mean, the eight, nine is going to, you know, Higgy had a great spring, don't get me wrong, but I don't <laughs> I don't see him hitting home runs and like, 50 percent of it at bats or whatever yeah. ridiculous number you had in spring training off of what was that dude's name like higginbottom the last guy that yeah some, like, that's my favorite we, part about spring we training We could probably uh <laughs> pump the brakes a little bit but the catching defensively is gonna be sick this year i'm excited for that
1: yeah so I, i'm glad that you said that so my unsung hero i'm oh, kind of changing a little bit my no, unsung like- hero is gonna be the yankees catching trio okay between Trevino, Higgy, and Rortvet, whenever he gets healthy, Yankee fans are, like, we haven't seen this good a defensive catcher in God knows how long. Jorge, looking back on it, Jorge Posada was not a good defensive catcher. Brian McCann was pretty solid. Um, but other than those two, Russell Martin actually was a phenomenal, I totally forgot about him, he was a phenomenal defensive catcher. for yes, us. But we haven't had a good defensive catcher since Russell Martin, I don't think Yankee fans realize what that, just having that trio, is going to do for the rotation. All three all three of those catchers are great framers, especially Trevino and Higgy, who both grade out on the top echelon of catchers for uh, pitch framing. All three of them are, gr- are really good game callers. That's one thing Gary was bad at. I just never understood his pitch calling. Um, and I'm very excited just to see what these guys do. With the rotation, with the infield, with the game management, it's going to be game-changing. It's going to be game-changing in ways you can't quantify in the box score.
0: I, I like that a lot. I mean, that's the thing. is I think there's going to be a contingent of fans that are going to be clamoring for Gary, which is going to be wild. Because they're going to be the same fans that were crying about him last year, but... Mm-hmm. But you know when Higgy's when when the catching trio is hitting under two hundred with a little bit of power, like that's basically what you should expect because defensively they're going to be doing really great things that are exactly what you expect from them. So I'm excited for that defense as well. Uh, my my unsung hero was a guy that I guess he's not uh, so unsung nowadays, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Jonathan Lazaga, um, okay, Johnny Lasagna, if you will, will. Um, <laughs> I just think he's a guy that, like, everyone knows how great he is, but I feel like he still is a little bit of an under-the-radar guy. Like, he's not, you know, like you said, like the he's not a kind of a hot pick like the Yankees catching situation, but, I mean, the way that he pitched last year, I mean, oh, saved yeah. the Yankees a lot of times. Like, when the oh, yeah. Chapman couldn't figure it out, uh, when Chad Green was kind of be, being used in a different role, I mean, he was fantastic. Now, my question is, can he do it again? Because last year he pitched 70 innings. That's 40 more innings than he's ever pitched in his career, er, in his major league career. You know, that was a lot of usage for him. You know, can he back mm-hmm. it up again this year? Can he have another great year? Um, and I think he can. And I'm not completely sold on the idea of a role, this Chapman closing out every single game. And I think if the Yankees feel that way, La is going to be the guy to put in, or at the very least, he's going to be their high leverage. You know, we mm-hmm. need two outs in the eighth inning kind of guy. Um, and I think he's going to end up being kind of one of the, the unsung heroes on this team.
1: I'm with you on that.
0: I love Johnny Lasagna.
1: He is so, so good. Um, I, so I'm looking at his stats right now. If we all remember, he did start to struggle a little bit. The second, like the last month or so of the season, he was um, also hurt. He
0: was also, hurt. he was
1: hurt. He was hurt, but it could have also, like you said, he pitched more innings yeah. than he ever had before. Yeah. It could just be a little bit of, it could have been a little bit of fatigue, but he still wasn't horrible in those months. He just wasn't as dominant. So it's... I, I'm i with you on that. I am all in on the Um Yankees are going to need his arm. They're going to need his arm to... They're They're going to need his arm in the
0: back end of the bullpen. Yeah, 100%. And speaking of pitching, Corey, who is your Team Cy Young? Again, I... I didn't pick Garrett Cole because I thought that would be too much of a layup and a little bit too easy. So uh, do you have a non-Garrett Cole pick?
1: So I'm not going to choose Garrett Cole just because he's the uh, preseason favorite for the actual Cy Young award. he is literally the Cy Young. (laughs) So uh, it's not fun to pick him because obviously he's the team Cy Young. So I'm going to let you go first. I'm going to let you go first on this.
0: I was gonna let you go first. I think we might have a similar. Well, I, that's that's the same.
1: That's the same reason I was gonna. Let I'm gonna
0: Jordan Montgomery. Um, yep, I had a feeling we love Monty. This is a Monty. Uh, this is a pro Monty podcast. Just oh, Because yeah. like he's a guy. He's not flashy. He's not gonna blow a fastball by you. But his stuff is just good across the board. Like he's just, a he's, good just he's just a good pitcher across the board. And I think that's what kind of. Uh, I like about him because you know when he came up his rookie year you could see it um, and then he kind of battled through some injuries and I thought last year he really righted the ship like I thought last year uh, was his his best stuff you know he started 30 games he pitched 157 innings. like he he really kind of brought it all together and I I just love Monty I love watching him pitch because you know obviously watching Cole pitch is is awesome because he's just blowing his fastball by guys Mm. throwing nasty breaking stuff but Montgomery, the way he like maneuvers through a lineup, you know, using his pitch mix, you know, location with his fastball, like it's so fun to watch sometimes, you know, those guys that don't have the best stuff, but they just know how to use it so well. And that's how I feel when I watch Jordan Montgomery.
1: He's just so entertaining to watch. It's like, he's just a pitcher. Like you, like you said, Garrett Cole is the most fun to watch for obvious reasons. Luis Severino, super fun to watch for obvious reasons. But you're right. There's just something about watching Jordan Montgomery. You have to locate the sinker and then follow it up with a breaking ball from over the top. Like oh. I think I well I don't even remember how tall he is, but that big over the top delivery with the breaking ball that bottoms out, then he follows it up with a slider and a changeup. It's just so fun to watch somebody on the mound actually try to perfect their craft. Whereas if you're Garrett Cole, you just have an insanely talented and god-given talent arm. That you're able to just blow hitters away. You're able to, you, the hitter's expecting 100-mile-an-hour fastball. You come back with an 88-mile-an-hour changeup and getting swinging out of his shoes. Like you said, Jordan Montgomery doesn't have that. He's just so fun to watch actually try to sit on the mound and figure out his way through a game. It's like watching art.
0: Yeah, he's going to be really fun to watch. I mean, this rotation has its question marks, but I think Cole and Monty are probably the most, you know, trustworthy in terms of you know what you're going to get out of them. Yep. Um. Obviously, Severino's ceiling is is much higher than Montgomery's, but you know, can he reach that ceiling? You know, can he mm-hmm. pitch enough innings? Is he going to make enough starts? You know, what's the Yankees? How are they going to handle him? You know, is he going to have to need yep. you know a few starts off to make sure that he's ready for the playoffs? Like, it feels like the Yankees haven't been able to figure out Severino. Uh, I don't know if it's just them not being able to manage him, or if it's just a case of Severino's arm just sometimes can't handle the, the the things that he's that he's doing <laughs> with it. But um he, yeah, he's he's my biggest question mark. I think he's every Yankees fan's question mark because his ups if if Severino pitches to his upside, the Yankees have two legitimate Cy Young contenders in the rotation. But if he doesn't it's kind of gonna be Garrett Cole, Jordan Montgomery, and then okay, we really a gotta figure of, out these next three games.
1: Yep, absolutely. And it, that's been the Yankees motto for the last six years. I've always had that one great pitcher. Whether it's CC, whether it's Luis Severino during his peak, all these things, and then it's just a bunch of what the hell are we going to do from here? Um, and especially with Nestor Cortez because Nestor Cortez was phenomenal last year. I he could be that good again. I truthfully just have no clue. Yeah, I
0: I, I would lean at he's definitely not going to be as good as he was mm-hmm. last year. I don't know if he's going to be terrible. I think he's going to be a fifth starter. Like I think he's yeah. probably going to have an year very close to you know four and a half five if er is your your cup of tea i don't think he's gonna necessarily i don't know his deception is is there but it's like how long can you do that like how long can you just have a weird wind up and it just works
1: exactly he's fun like he's the most fun on the yankees in my opinion to watch pitch just because he does the fun like things with his like delivery and his timing and everything yeah but well, like you said, it just that just won't hold up forever. And the question is, how long does that hold up? And the answer truthfully is probably less than a will. Yeah. Less than no, a think. You. So that's that's the you. real tough one.
0: And I think but the, but then, the Oh, carry on. Carry no, no, go on. ahead. Go
1: ahead. Go ahead. I was well, gonna say,
0: change the subject. Okay, go for it. Go for
1: it. I was I think gonna say that about wraps it up. Yeah, I was gonna say if they if Nestor Cortez or Luis Severino or whoever is struggling, and they need another player to come in, one guy we have not talked about who
0: did make the roster is Clark Schmidt, yes, yep who, the Yankees yeah. well, as you to say, the Yankees worked him up to seventy to seventy five pitches, so he's not you know he's gonna be ready to go if if you need a spot start or anything like that, and he's fine it seems like he's finally healthy enough where we can see his potential,
1: yep. That, yeah, that's what I was going to say. He used to be revered as one of the better pitching prospects in baseball, and he just hasn't been able to stay healthy. And now that he's finally healthy, this might be finally the time for him to say, look, this is why I was drafted. This is what you guys have been waiting for. And he, in my opinion, he's probably the first guy to get a chance at the rotation if there's people, if there's an injury or struggles. Um, and I'm very excited for that because we had D- we had Diving Garcia. Who knows what the hell's going on with him? Although we did have a decent spring training. We um, heal wrote the Yankees rotation as per as per usual. I can't believe we have to say this year after year, but it's it's going to be an interesting it's going to be interesting throughout the year.
0: Yeah, I think Schmidt's probably the first guy. Um I think Heel's probably a close second because with Heel being in AAA, you know, he gets starts all the time. So if they're like, "Okay, this lines up, we'll bring up Heel for a game." I could see that mm-hmm. happening, but uh, Smart. Schmar- right. uh, I just combine his <laughs> first and last names. But Schmidt is a guy I think that you could almost use as an opener type too. Like, okay, we need three innings out of you, two innings out of you. Like, we don't need you to go six innings here, but mm-hmm. if you could give us a couple of good innings, I think that's kind of going to be uh, his role this year. And he's, he again, he's a guy that has battled arm. You know, he had Tommy John, then he kind of had shoulder issues, so he hasn't been quite right. But I think this spring we we finally saw, you know, Clark Schmidt can, can live up to his potential. So I agree. Um, I'd like to see him get a chance. He's, he's 26. You know, he, he pitched through college. So he was kind of an older guy when he came up. Um, you know, I don't know if that, that helps or hurts him in terms of, uh, you know, he has the experience, but he's also, you know, hasn't really blossomed yet at 26. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I can definitely see him being an impact. And the last guy we didn't talk about was Jamison Tyone. I don't know. I don't, I don't really know what I think about Tyone. I think he's a very average pitcher. Like I don't know, if his upside is is any higher, um, if the injuries were part of the reason why he wasn't quite as good last year, he showed he definitely you know showed some flashes, but I don't know what do you expect from Tyon this year.
1: I I don't know either. It just it's we were so high on him when the Yankees traded for him because you know he said all the right things. He looked good in spring training. His curveball looked like it got better, but then. He was just so inconsistent during the season, and it wasn't like he was inconsistent from game to game. He was inconsistent from inning to inning. He'd have one inning where he looked like the best pitcher in the world, and then he'd give up four runs in the next inning all on flat fastballs that go right down the middle. I think, like you said, he was coming off injury the year before. Hopefully, like we said with Gallo, trade to the Yankees, could have just thrown him off after the injury and everything. Hopefully, Tyone, now that he's a year removed from the injury, he had the offseason to work, he's very talented and he could be a very very good pitcher he just he needs to figure it out he needs to stay healthy and he needs to get time to work on his stuff
0: and the last kind of uh, prompt that i had was how far will this team go and it's it's an interesting question because i think it feels like every year we've done this podcast we've said this team can win the world series or this team will win the world series this is the year and it hasn't happened so I'm kind of ta- tampering my expectations a little bit, but they're still a little bit higher than I think the average person. I, I still think this team can make the ALCS. I mean, if their lineup is is, is fully functioning, I mean, if the rotation figures it out, there's so many ifs with this team, but I still think that we can have some expectations. The division is obviously very tough, but if they can make the playoffs, and it's not a wild card. It's not a win one game. You know, you at least get three games this year. Mm. Um, I still think this is a team that can make a run at least to the ALCS. Um, but again, it feels like a very similar team to last year that obviously, you know, underperformed expectation uh, expectations. So uh, what do you think, Corey? what do you think the, the expectation should be? And, and where do you think this team ends up this year? I'm with you. I think this team could ro-
1: make a deep playoff run they could win the world series. This, I don't know if you saw this today, Luke, but fan graphs, uh, projections for the division have the Yankees, Blue Jays, Rays, and Red Sox all winning, I think, 88 games. Yep,
0: I did see that,
1: and then the Orioles winning like 52. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, so, this division, you put the Yankees, Astros, Astros, oh my god, Yankees, Rays, Red Sox, and Blue Jays in any order in that division one through four, and I wouldn't disagree. Maybe the Red Sox do a stub less now that they lost Chris Sale, they lost Eduardo Rodriguez, a couple of other injuries. But especially the Blue Jays, Yankees, and Rays, you put any three of them in any order, I'm going to agree with you. So I really think it just depends on how the Yankees do in their division. That's going to determine the playoffs for them.
0: Yeah, that's the scary part. I mean, like yep. you said, the Yankees <laughs> could finish anywhere from one through four in this division, and you just want to be surprised. And we yep. you look at the moves that the Blue Jays made, um, you know, the Rays are the Rays. I think the Red Sox probably take a step back as well. But I mean, this division is so tough. And even with the Red Sox, you know, I think the rotation is the biggest issue. They're can go out and drop 10 on you any night. So it's, it's going to be an absolute grind um, for this team. I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic because I think a lot of people are lower on this team than I am. Like, you know, I think a lot of, I don't want to say casual, but I think people that aren't maybe as into baseball are like, ah, yeah, this team's not going to be as good this year. They're, they don't have the potential, but I see the potential. I, I think this team has improved. You know, We'll find out how much they're improved because I think that IKF and Donaldson are a, a good jumping point, but I still think there could have been better moves to be made in terms of the starting pitching especially. But I think a lot of people are – you can't really ever say the Yankees are underdogs because they're not, but I think a lot of people are kind of – Blowing past the Yankees in terms of you know true contenders in the American League.
1: Absolutely, it's this year's going to be a dogfight. <laughs> yeah, we thought the last few years were stressful.
0: I can't even imagine what this year is going to feel like. Yep, it's going to be stressful. It's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting. We're just a couple. Of, by the time you guys listen, this is probably going to be one day away from opening day. So enjoy that. Uh, for Corey Austin, I'm Luke Owens. As always. Go Yanks, enjoy baseball, and we can't wait to talk to you guys next week about actual regular season baseball. Let's go.
1: Yes, sir. Go Yanks.